I, I thank you for everything that uh, you're doing in every one of their lives, Lord. I thank you because all of us are progressing and we love it. We celebrate everyone's progress today. Everyone's steps that they're taking towards you are awesome. And, and there's not one that deserves more praise than the other. When we respond, it's awesome. And so, Lord, I love that our people are responding to you. And so we celebrate with them their breakthrough that they're having in their lives. And so we just ask you today to even do more, uh, create more breakthrough in us and, and more progress inside of our lives because we, we literally want to live up to the standard of what Jesus did. And that's really our prayer. And we know that's our calling. So we ask that you speak to us this morning what we need to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you want to open your Bible to... Matthew 22, Matthew 22, verse 36 through 40, and we'll read that here in just a minute, so Matthew 22, verse 36, um, but I want to start with just a thought, I, I, literally, I don't, I don't think we'll take long on this because I want us to pray into this, I don't, I don't feel like we need a whole lot of talking on this subject, but I do, I do want us to... <laughs> I don't know, I'm drinking coffee. I talk a lot when I drink coffee, you never know. Um, <laughs> um, but the, the, I want to say this, the Father absolutely loves us. And we kind of hit on it just a minute ago. The Father is in love with us. He's revealing his love to us and his nature. And that's a good thing. The, the, one of the Proverbs says that, that um, the light of the king's face means it's good for all the people in his presence, pretty much. That's my version of it. But it says when the king's face is brightened, the kingdom does well. The kingdom rejoices because when the king is happy, everyone's happy. And so the king is showing I'm happy. And so it's having a ripple effect on our mindset, on our, our view of church, our view of Christianity, our view of one another. And it's supposed to. The goodness of God is supposed to affect every area of our lives. Understanding the goodness of God is supposed to affect every area of our lives. And that's what's been going on. Um, so there's no doubt that the Father is lavishing His love on us. I love the song they sang last week. Uh, it's called Furious. It says, He lavishes such love upon us. He calls us now sons and daughters. He's reaching out. I'm like, that is the picture of what God is doing right now. That's a perfect, that, that is a picture of what God is doing in heaven. That's his, that's his feeling. That's His mood right now. He's reaching for man, saying, I love you. And He's pouring love on us. So how many believe that to be true? You're, you're, you're experiencing God and, and you're learning that he loves you in ways you didn't even know. He loves us and every part of us. <laughs> All of the time he loves us. You guys know that he, he doesn't take a second off or he doesn't turn his love meter up or down according to our behavior. <laughs> I mean, that's what's really, that's, that's really cool. And, and people are getting, and I told the funny story last week of, of eating out with, with uh, Koki, which I'm still praying for Koki. <sighs> Such, it was just a fun night. If, if you didn't hear, I think some of us on the podcast from last week, it was a great, exa- a great time for me to get outside of my, um, <laughs> my box. Uh, but she's like, God loves me no matter what. That's the cool thing is I can be all messed up and God still loves me. He's still there for me. I'm like, the world is starting to hear this message, and it's completely true. But I want to take the second side to that today. <clears throat> when, when, either when we die and we meet God or when Jesus comes back, however it all happens, there's so many theories out there, but however it all happens, one day every one of us will stand before God. We will give an account for our lives. We will say, hey, this is what I did with Jesus' blood. That's a real sobering thought. We will not stand there and give an account for how much God loves us. I'm going to say it again. When we stand before him, we won't be graded on how much he loved us. But we'll be graded on how much we responded to his love and we loved him back. The, the thing that I, I want to see, and you can't, I love this quote. Um, how many have ever heard of Mike Bickle? I know some here are connected to Prayer House and IHOP Kansas City. He's a great man of God. Um, started a, a church there in Kansas City, and it's 24 hours of prayer. Misty Edwards, as a matter of fact, um, um, we sing some of their songs and stuff like that here. 
um, just a great move of God there. And he has a, he has a quote that I want to I read because it goes directly with what I felt like the Lord wanted me to share today. He says, the biblical grace message emphasizes the greatness of Jesus' free gift and our wholehearted response to it. To minimize either part of this message distorts it. So he's saying, hey, you can't only just realize that Jesus' blood and his love and God's grace for us is so immense. We can't only have that side of it. There has to be our response to what he gives to us. It's both sides of this that makes it complete. It's incomplete without the other. And so uh, I want the world to know the answer is I can do anything I want to and God loves me. But I can't do anything that I want to and love God. It's a bit, it's a, it's, a, it's a really careful thing here. There's no, you can do any, I, I tell my sons all the time, sons, there is absolutely nothing you can do, nothing you can do that will make me not love you as my son. I, you can kill me, you can do whatever you want, I will always love my kids. And if you're like, oh, that's not true, ask those, those moms and dads whose, whose kids have done horrible things or are in prison or have, have committed suicide, ask them if they still love their kids. Absolutely, because nothing changes a father's love for their kids or a mom's love for their kids. There's just nothing. You, you want to make, you want to see the ugly side of us, try to come between us and our kids, right? Like, we'll just rise up. And so that's absolutely true. We can do anything we want. We can be um, the, the most horrible person on the planet, and God is still going to love that person as much as he loves Billy Graham or Mike Bickle or whoever. Uh, it, it, that's absolutely true. The question isn't, does God love us regardless of how we behave? The question is, do we love him back? And that, that's what we're going to be graded for. And so I don't want us to, to ever forget that second part of it. Because if we only focus on he loves me no matter what, he loves me no matter what, it's absolutely true. But it's, but it's still missing something. You've got to reciprocate. You've got to give it back to him. And so in Matthew 22, verse 36... They're asking Jesus, they're like, hey, we've heard a lot of commands from you. We've heard a lot of commands from the law, and then now you're teaching us new commands. And so we want to know. I mean, there's, I don't remember how many, but if you'll go back through the, through, through the Jewish law, there's like thousands of commandments, like thousands of things they had to do. And, and I, I could see this being a very logical question to come to Jesus and go, okay, look, here's a list of, of thousands of things. Which one's most important? I can't possibly do all this stuff. Just tell me which one's the most important thing. So Jesus comes back and he's like, hey, if someone hits you on your face, turn the other cheek. If someone asks for your coat, give them your scarf. If someone says go a mile, go two with them. If someone does this, if this happens, if that happens, don't worry, don't murder, don't commit adultery. We're hearing all of these commands. And so they're like, man, I bet they're, they're taking notes and their notepad is full of commands. And so they come to Jesus and they're like, hey. You've told us a lot of stuff, and we understand the laws. We understand your commandments. They're really good, and we know why you gave them to us. But I don't see how we can do all of these. I can just feel their logic. So they're like, Jesus, this is Matthew 22, verse 36. They say, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in all of the law? And he turned to them and said, you are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the, great, the greatest commandment. And it says the second one is just like it or is equal to it. You are to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then he tells them, he goes, hey, on these two commands, all of the laws that you've ever heard, all the thousands of rules and laws and, and ways to live for me, all of those things are hung on these two commandments. If you love God with your whole heart, your whole soul, your whole mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, all the other laws will fall into place because you got the first two where they're supposed to be. And I believe that they were open up to them. And I feel like the Lord's telling us today, hey, some, how many right now the Lord's asking things of you he's never asked you to do before? I know for me it's true. And, and sometimes what I will do is I will focus on the thing he's asked me to do and I'll forget him. That happens to me a lot. I'm a task-oriented person. If I come into a room and something needs to be done, I'm going to do it. I may need to be spending time with the Lord, but man, there's tissue on the floor. I cannot leave that tissue on the floor. 
I can't do it. It's against my, it's against my nature. If I do that, something will, the, the earth will be out of balance. <laughs> you know, <laughs> something's wrong here. And so, like, we have these things. Some of us have different things. Like, if I don't get this done today, if I don't have this done. And so we have the, maybe there are things that the Lord's asked us to do. And I'm like, man, God, you told me to do this, and I got to do it. I need to do this. I need to do this. I'm, I work very well with a list of things, bullet points of things I have to do for the week. I can't live without my list of what to do, or I will, I mean, I still already don't get it all done, but at least I have a list. <laughs> at least I get some of them up, and it feels so good to mark a line through the things you get done, right? But on my to-do list, there's, it, there's not a thing that says, just be with the Lord. It's not even on my list. I can pull it up. So I have 40 things about every week that I do, try to do. I think I have about a 20% success rate. But you, we all have stuff we do. I mean, you know, laundry and house stuff and folding clothes and feeding the husband and cleaning up the mud off of his shoes from work or whatever. You know, whatever we do, the kids are in and out and in and out and we're picking up. We have all of these things we do all week. And our to-do list, it doesn't, the first thing doesn't say spend time with God. Just be with him. Or if I make an effort and say, okay, Lord, before I do all of this stuff, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do stuff with you. I will even then turn it into, I need to pray. I need to write songs to him. I need to journal. I need to do this. I, need to, I just need to read the Bible. I need to do all this. And so all of a sudden, I'm taking something that was meant to just be with him, and I've turned it into another to-do list. And he's going, no, Jared, wait, 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 wait. All that stuff's good, all that stuff's important, but the greatest commandment is to love me first. Your whole heart, whole mind, all your strength, and then don't forget to love your neighbor the way you love yourself, and then go through your list. And it's so easy for us in life, we're, we're so busy, and, and I think that we can be as busy as we want to be. And if you don't want to be busy, then you're not busy. I love it when I meet people that protect their schedule. I absolutely love it the way Matt and Belinda protect their schedule for family. I absolutely love it. I honor it because it was a difficult thing growing up in my home to protect our family schedule. Church schedule would always interfere with family schedule. People that own businesses, business always affects family schedule. Am I telling the truth? entrepreneurs, business owners, people that work for yourself. It's so easy for that because, man, if I don't work, we don't have money for this, this, and this. And it's so easy to, whoa, I'm supposed to love the Lord with my whole heart and to love my family as myself, <laughs> love my neighbors as myself. It's so easy to put all these things ahead of the, the most important thing. We could have very easily taken the story of, of, of Mary and Martha asking Jesus to their house and, and Martha was busy making sure all the plates were just right. That would have been me. I would, okay, the, we got to have the salad fork, we got to have the plates, we got to have everything where they're supposed to be. And Jesus can't eat from a cup with a spot on it. I don't care if it's a spot because the dishwasher is still clean. There can't be spots on Jesus' cup. <laughs> if he picks the silverware up and sees a spot on it, I'm going to be embarrassed. So I would be just like Martha, running around, making sure everything's fine, making sure the restroom smelt well. I'm running through that spraying stuff and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, all crazy. Uh, anyway, <sighs> it's the caffeine in the... Caramel brulee latte, St. Arbucks. Try it. If you've never tried a caramel brulee latte, do it before they run out of it. Because most places have already run out. But the one over here on, <laughs> on Bowen in Arkansas or whatever it is, that's the place that still has it. So go get it. And I expect to receive a check in the mail from St. Arbucks for promoting them. <laughs> right? Anyway, so we, I, I would be just like Martha, making sure everything's just right. Because Jesus is coming to my house. I don't want him seeing cobwebs in the corner or, or it just not being right. And some of us are like that, man. We just want to do all this stuff. But, man, Mary just sat at his feet. <laughs> and so I, I feel like, I mean, we, I feel like that's the Lord's calling us today. Look, love me with your whole heart. Just be with me. You know, and, and what's really cool, I think if we set ourselves aside to the Lord and soak with Him and be with Him, I mean, still pray, still read your Bible, still worship, still write songs, journal, whatever it is you do that's, that's service and learning of the Lord and spending time with Him, do those things. But make sure the majority of it is you just being with Him and listening 
listen to him. I think we should listen more than we talk to the Lord, especially. I mean, you know, he gave us two ears for a reason. And I mean, what can I tell him? What can I instruct him that he doesn't already know or hasn't already thought of? I need to hear what he has to say. And when I hear how he's thinking and how he feels about a situation, then I need to say things that are in line with what I heard him say. If I'm having a financial crisis in my home, I can't go to him and say, God, we don't have enough money. God, we're running. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? That's earth language. What I need to do is just stop. Just be with him. Hear his heart. And then I'll hear him say he's wealthy and he owns everything. And then my prayers will begin to have a different uh, smell to them when they go up to him and be like, Father, right now we're struggling, but you own everything and you're a provider. See, it, it just happens when we put him first. It changes our prayer life. It changes our marriage life. It changes our family life when we, when we put the first thing first. When we do first things first. Get those first two pegs out of the way. Uh, I won't get into the second side of it with loving your neighbors yourself so much just because time and, and I don't want to talk a whole lot, whole lot today. But that, that we can, I've talked about this so much, just loving our neighbor, treating people right. Just trying to treat people right. We may not always succeed at it. We may still be selfish and and totally misread people or put them off not meaning to. But our heart should be to just treat people the way we would want to be treated. Yeah. You know? And, and, and I feel like if we'll do these things, if we'll love him with our whole heart and we'll put him first where he needs to. I, I don't know how. I don't, it, it's not like logical. It's supernatural. Everything falls into place. Like it creates some kind of magnetic response where all the other magnets will go where they're supposed to go. When we put him first. Then when we do that, when we start setting that time aside for him, then we'll get good at never leaving that place. To where even if I am doing a task, I'm with him. Even if I'm playing ball with the boys, I'm with the Lord. Even if I'm doing something I really don't want to be doing, Terrence, the plumbing, whatever it is, it's with the Lord. It's, un, it's still worship to Him because I'm connected to Him. We can't get that without doing this private part first. We can't get that I can go anywhere and be connected to the Lord until I specifically set aside time and I'm with Him alone. <clears throat> you know, I think there's a, a statement I heard that, that I, I'll use this term, it haunts me probably more than any statement because it says that if we do publicly what, with the Lord what we, what we don't do privately with the Lord, then we're prostitutes. Because we're taking something that's meant to be an intimacy. And if we only do it in the public, then we're basically prostituting our relationship with the Lord for everyone to see that we're not investing in it in the private place. And I don't want to be taller out here than I am deeper in there. I don't want to do stuff here and feel stuff here that I haven't... Just me and him for months just meditating and marinated in his word. But I, I, that, I'm telling you, I, as a minister, it's so easy to get up here and do ministry. And, and Mandy and I are like, we are not going to do ministry. We're just not going to do it. We're going to be it. We're going to live it in our homes. We're going to strive for it. When we stumble, we mess up, we're going to get up and we say, God, what did we do wrong? Let's fix it. Let's be an example of what it's like to be in ministry and pursue the Lord. And, and I mean, I feel like I hear that from all of you. I, I feel it. <laughs> I hear it from Terrence, Vanessa, Matt, Belinda. I hear it from Ed. Lisa's heart towards the Lord is unbelievable. Your heart towards the Lord is so beautiful. It's beautiful the way you love God. Mike, the way you respond to God, the way you crave his word is beautiful. Monty, your excitement for the word and truth and the way I, 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 can I do this? He gets excited. I'm like, dude, I love it when Monty gets excited. Because he, he's like, I can't hold it. <laughs> it's like, I, I see everyone who's like, we're striving for that thing. We're striving for the high calling. We're striving for that I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And so it's fun to be part of this church because everyone's responding to the Lord. Look, we're not all at the same speeds, but who cares? We're all responding. So let me tell you this. Don't you ever compare your response to the Lord to the person next to you. I'll clap on that. (laughs) Comparing ourselves to other people is the gateway to pride. 
Insecurity comes from pride because it's, it, it, it's security in the wrong thing. And so don't compare your walk. Well, man, I'm not as far along as him. I don't know the Bible like Mike, man. He just knows the word. I'm, I talk to Mike, and I'm like, man, I'm a pastor. I don't know the, the word the way Mike knows the word. I'm like, my gosh. You know, and you talk to Grant about end time stuff. I have no clue. Like, I would literally have to go to Grant and say, hey, what, what, I, I haven't studied. I don't know it. Grant knows the stuff inside and out. I don't know it like that. So I, I, I want to know the word like Grant. It's just, it's, you understand what I'm saying here? I can't compare myself to them. I can't compare myself to Mike. I can't compare myself to, man, I'm Kyle's brother, and I've always been able to beat him at stuff. Man, he just kills me. I can't even play the guitar. My fingers are retarded. They just don't work. <laughs> and like I see him up there playing the guitar and writing songs, and I'm so jealous in a good way. Because I'm a songwriter. I'm a singer. I sing all the time. You guys, I'm American Idol in my closet. I like... <laughs> I tried different styles and different versions. I'm like, I can do R&B. I can do country. I can even try to rap a little bit. I'll try everything. Uh, Bob Marley, let's sing some reggae, you know. I just mix it all up. I love it. And then Kyle's up here, and it's so easy to him. And he just starts writing songs. I'm like, oh, I wish I could play the guitar and sing like that, you know. But I can't compare myself to him. I can't compare myself to the way Matt and Belinda pull the family life thing. I can't compare myself to Linda, who, who is one of those people who's a Mary, who just sits at Jesus' feet, and you just look at her everywhere she goes. <sighs> so we can't compare and, and contrast one another. We just can't do it. Can't do it. I don't think there's a more beautiful person than LaDonna. You're just a beautiful, I'm telling you. Just the, Am I telling the truth? The way... <laughs> The way you carry yourself and like just grace. Uh, I'm, I don't mean to, if you haven't seen it, it won't be funny at all. But there's an old Seinfeld episode where Elaine, Ju, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, she's like, I have grace. And the lady's like, eh, you have some grace. She's like, well, can you have some grace or you either have grace or you don't have grace. <laughs> she's like, I have some. She's like, no, either you have it or you, and LaDonna has grace. And it just oozes out of her. And so, ladies, if you, if you want more grace, hang around people like that. But don't compare yourself. Don't compare yourself. Don't say, I can't do it like them. I can't be like them. No, we, God doesn't want you to be like them. He wants you to seek him in the private place, be with him, and then whatever happens there will manifest in your life, and other people will see the beauty of what God's doing in the secret place. But don't compare. It's just All of us, let's just respond to the Lord. Right? He's loving on us. Don't, hopefully my mom doesn't hear this, but <laughs> she may. Mom, I love you so much. <laughs> but my mom's not a very affectionate person at all. Um, as a matter of fact, I don't think she remembers her dad ever saying that he loved her in her whole life. And he was just, uh, I, mean, I mean, some people were just raised that way. And, and um, so even to this day when I hug my mom, it's, hey, mom. It's just, it's, she loves me, man. I know she loves me, and I love her, and I know she feels it, but it's just, she's just not that way, you know? The Lord's loving on us so much. Don't be like, just, mm. Just eat it up, man. Just eat it up and respond to him and love back on him. Just give it back to him. Just give it back to him. Don't just let him love on us and just be unfazed by it. How can I be unfazed by the love of God? How can I not respond to his love? How can something physically not happen to me? How can my heart just not melt when I think about I love the songs that Kyle selects for our church because all of them make us think about how God is towards us. He's great. He's, he's, he's slow to anger and he's always kind. And all, I'm like, oh, thank you, God, for being kind to me. And as I'm playing the drums or being here in the audience, I hear the songs and I'm, it makes me connect to him. And how can I not respond to his love? So we have entered the phase where God's released his love on the earth, and he's saying, I love you so much. I want you all to know I love you. People in the bar know I love them. The homosexuals, they know I love them, and it's absolutely true. The, 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 the child pornographers... Knows God loves them. 
the terrorists that attach bombs to children. God loves them, and it's absolutely true. But when we stand before God, it's not going to be a measurement of His love. It's going to be a measurement of our love towards Him. And I, I want to read one more scripture. It's John 14, verse 23. And we'll close with this. If you're there, why don't you read it with me? Because I may not. John 14, verse 23. John 14, 23. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our house inside of him. First John says that God's love isn't burdensome. It's not troubling. It's, it's light. And so I just want us as a church to really, I want you to be like, have your doctorate in God loves us. I want you to be able to tell everyone, dude, you're absolutely, God loves you. It doesn't matter. He loves you more than you can even imagine. Let me tell you a little bit more about his love. I want you to have your masters in God's love for humanity. But I also want us to have our masters in, but he wants us to respond. He wants us to respond to him. Because he can't just have one side of it. Because there's going to be a lot of people, unfortunately, hopefully not as many as I used to think, (laughs) stand before God. And be like, but you love me, you love me. And he's like, but you didn't love me back. And it's, it's not his choice, it's our choice. If I love him, he comes and lives inside of me. I can't just say because he loves me, he lives in me. Look, again, I, I'm very, um, I study into the politics and the things that are going on in the earth. And maybe in the next couple of weeks, um, I'm going to do a, a message with political tone to it. I'll let you know ahead of time in case you don't want to listen to political stuff, but it's so important, so important. And I will, never, I will never push you a certain direction. I will just tell truth. That's what I'm, I'm supposed to do as a pastor is just here's what I hear, here's what I see. But there's a, a new movement on the earth. They're moving towards like a global government. And, and it's been going on for a long time. You guys have heard this. And... Um, a one world type government and, and honestly it makes complete sense as a person that lives on the earth a, a world with no borders no passports with one type of monetary system it just makes sense it's it's smart it's scary when you think about all of it because right now anyone that wants to can tap into my phone and hear every word i'm saying and know where i'm at within like six feet Anyway, but what they're trying to do now is to create a universal religion. You're going to hear about this coming up. That's why there's been such an attack on the Catholic Church, because it's the universal church. That's what the term Catholic means. It's like the universal church, worldwide church. And what this new one, one, this world government wants to do is create a universal religion that's an inclusive religion. That says that, hey, it doesn't matter who you serve, whether it's Buddha or this or this or this. As long as you love what you call God, then, you know, that's fine. As long as you know that, that he feels this way. And it's, it's, it's right here on the surface. There, there is an attack in our country on, on religion. So people that don't really love God back are going to have to make a choice in the next few years. But I said all that to say this. They want people to think you can do anything you want to and it's fine. God loves you. You can live any way that you want to, and if you speak against this thing, then you're judging. If you say, if you say that this isn't okay by God's standard, then you're, you're, you're a, hate, a hater or whatever it is. And it's, it's coming to that point. You can't even say freedom of speech is under attack in our country like never before. And, and the reason that they're taking away the, the, right, the religious rights that people have. And, and, and what I'm saying, they want people to just buy into this. You can just have this universal religion where everyone goes to heaven and, you know, nothing bad happens. And don't, listen, don't buy into it. Don't listen to it. There are some very famous people that promote this on, on television. It's, and, and, and it's so sneaky. And it's, they even call it, it's, it's a new age type thing, but it's, but it's got a new face on it. Because it's the same message. It says, hey, God loves you. It doesn't matter. Do whatever you want and you can go to heaven. 
That's not true. The fact is, I will be judged by whether or not I loved him back. Every person on the planet will be judged whether or not they love him back. Our job as Christians isn't to tell them that second part and judge them. Our job is to introduce them to God's love. It's to show people, hey, here's his love. Here's his love. Because when people come in contact with his love, they'll have a choice to make. And I, I feel, my conviction is, when people are confronted with the love of God, you can't help but fall in love with him. I feel that. I don't feel like we can resist him. He's too good. And so that's where we're at today. And I would like for you just to stand and we're going to close out <clears throat> with a prayer. And Matt will close it out again and we'll pray for needs and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> I, I, I kind of just want to make a, one altar call. Or, um, and I would like for you to, to do something, some kind of response. There's plenty of space up here. You want to come to the front, but here's the, here's the thing. If you're here and you say, hey, man, I am, I am absolutely learning how much God loves me, and I just want to love him more. That's a tricky altar call. It's kind of like a loaded altar call. But if that's you, and you want to just love him back more, find a place at your seat up here at the front. We'll turn some re just really soft music or something real quick. Um, but just go ahead and respond to him and say, I just want to love him more. All right? Ready? Break. <laughs> You guys have just ever had a moment with with God, <laughs> just like really shook you up. Like you just like, oh. like you just know that you, you just got touched, or you just you know that it was just His voice, and it just hit you. I wrote a a paper one time I was in college. It was about you know what if we could live in that moment. 
you know, constantly. Have you had that moment when, we've got, when we're just like smothered with love? Or just this amazing, like, epic moment where God just calls us. If we could live in that place, like, indefinitely. I, I honestly don't know if I could physically handle it. Like, I may need to start working out now so that if the Lord wants to do that, <laughs> I can actually function. But there's, there's a story by, um, there's a story, it's Chris Valadin tells it in a sermon about he um he got prayed for at some preacher's meeting and uh <laughs> he got prayed for in a really strange way I'll just say that and was completely like drunk like in the spirit and he had never he's never been drunk before in alcohol um I don't know how knowing his story but it's just something he never did and he was he was so drunk that he could not he got in his tr- truck and he starts talking to himself <laughs> He's like, can I drive home? I don't know. Can I drive home? <laughs> I think I can drive home. Well, what if I just focus on the road? And anyways, he he, figure, he finally gets home. He gets home, and he just crashes on the living room floor and literally is there for the rest of the, the, the week. And he never misses work, never gets sick, never misses work. He owned, he owned at that time a bunch of auto parts stores, like maybe a, a chain of them. And his guys were freaking out, you know. They're like, where's, where's Chris? He never misses work. And he was at home, like, laid out on the floor, completely, like, messed up. <laughs> like, God really messed him up. And finally, his wife's like, look, you got to go to the church, and you got to talk to somebody. You got to talk to Bill, or you got to talk to Danny, or you got to talk to somebody. So he goes to the church, and he's waiting on, on uh, Danny Silk, and he's waiting in the receptionist's office, and receptionist, so why, why are you here? I don't know. <laughs> I guess God touched me or something. I don't know. And, uh, she's like, well, let's pray for you. And then uh, so she goes to pray for him, and then Danny comes out, and shes they're both laid out on the floor. <laughs> Whatever he had, she got. <laughs> Anyways, he goes, this continues, and finally he comes into church on Sunday morning. And uh, he's thinking, right on, how cool is this going to be when I go to church where this sort of thing is actually, you know, helpful? <laughs> Unlike the real world where it completely dis- makes me completely dysfunctional. I'll go into church and he's praying for people and it's amazing and awesome things are happening. He's prophesying over people before church and stuff. And then he's in the altar call and he has a thought. And he says, he's thinking, I wonder what people think of me right now. And <laughs> gone. Just like that. He said, you know, I've, I've never felt drunk in the spirit like that since. And not to say that I don't, he doesn't like, you know, he's not like, he's not filled. But not like that. And I want you to realize that when you love God with your whole heart, it doesn't matter what it is. That's like such a basic thing. Like we all like know it, but and yet when we get out into our life, man, how often does that thought hit your head? How, how is this going to be perceived? Is this going to be received the right way? How often does that happen? Ignore that thought. Ignore it. Love the Lord your God with your whole heart and none of your inhibition. All right? So, and... You know, like when we have an altar call, and, and, you know, I really love it when people do crazy things in the altars. <laughs> like, I love it because you know what that tells me? They're being real. They're being themselves. I love it whenever, you know, like uh, Sarah, like, lays down when she's singing her worship song. Like, that's probably not the best posture for singing, but it's an awesome posture for worship. <laughs> you don't lay down, though. That's not, not going to work. <laughs> Yeah, unless you're on your back, maybe. (laughs) No, but I want you guys to understand that you're going to be weird because God made you weird. (laughs) So when you love the Lord your God with your whole heart, right, and you're going to be weird. And you know what? It's going to be perceived as weird. 
And that's the way it should be. It's the way it should be. Don't hold back. All right? Don't hold back. All right, let, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go into a long thing, but I, we definitely want to. Um, here's how I want to end it today. When we're all done, please, Matilda will be up here. I'll be up here. We can pray for any need. If you want to recommit yourself to the Lord, if you say, you know what? I believe in Jesus, but I feel like I haven't really, boom, made the commitment. Come up. We want to pray for you. We want to renew your salvation and all that sort of thing. It's important. It's important to do that, uh, even if you've done it before. But if you've never been saved, then definitely come up. Let's pray for you. Let's 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 go to Jesus. But even if you've been saved before and you feel like you want to recommit yourself, look, that's important. Come recommit. If you have any other need in your life, we want to pray for you. Like, no matter how small or how big or how intimidating or how unimportant you think it is, come, let's pray, all right? So here's how I want to end, though. Linda, can you please pray into everything Jared talked about today? Because just like last week when we had Bob and Donna pray over Cliff, because I know they get it in ways nobody else in here does, we know you get this in ways nobody else does. And we want you to pray into it. And then Kyle has a, uh, yeah, go ahead. Kyle has an amazing song on his heart that I just want us all just to sing and worship. And we're just going to end on singing to the Lord. All right? Daddy, we just love you so much today. And we thank you that you just, you think that we are so wonderful. There's nobody like us to you. Uh, even in our mess, God, we're all filthy and dirty and all. You look at you and say, that's my kid. I'm proud of you. Now pick yourself up and let's go again. Oh, Lord, we just love you today. And I want you to know, Father, that I really got the message today. Because I don't want to go out just letting you love me. But I want to love you more and more and more and more. And more and more every moment that I live. And Lord, in the good times and in the bad times. And in every trial and every test, Lord God, I want to love and trust you. And say, that's my daddy and he's going to take care of me. I love you, Lord. We're so proud to be your kids. We're so proud of you. We're going to show you off to the world, Lord. We're going to show you off, Lord. We're going to make you look good. We're going to make everyone run to you. We just love you today, Father. And I ask you, God, that everyone here, Lord, would just feel a special touch from you, Lord, and just feel you tugging at their heart. And, Lord, that they'll let you in, Lord. And they'll say, Daddy, I'm coming. I'm not running from you anymore. I'm coming. I'm coming to you because you've got the answer for everything I need in life, oh, God. Lord, you're going to take me all through this life and to the, through the all eternity. Lord, you'll never leave me, God. You'll never forsake me, God. Lord, there is nothing that's too hard that you won't take care of. Lord, there is nothing, God, that you won't do for me. I love you, Daddy. I'm going to love you back, God. I'm going to try to outlove you. I know that can't be done, but I'm going to try to outlove you. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh, my soul, rejoice, Smile.
love on it. Start a movement of lovers. (laughs) 
I've always been a glutton for God's love. I've always just love on me, God. I love it when you love on me. I don't want that to stop, but I want to do it back. Like Linda Price, just give it back to him. Give it back to him. And you're going to hear that more. We want to start a movement of lovers. I mean, really, just know how to love God and love people. Every area. Have the most awesome marriages, the most awesome families. And for the, the spiritual war on the earth, they say lovers make better fighters. No, we just seal what you're doing in our hearts, Lord. We don't want any of what you're doing to leak out. Help us to take it to our homes. Help it not to stay here in the church. Help us to create space in our homes for you, Lord. Create room for you in our homes to love on you and to be loved by you, God. In Jesus' name. And that's it. If you need prayer, come to the front. Everyone else, thank you so much for being here. We, we love you guys. And uh, just love on somebody before you leave. <laughs>